a story just came into my head then, and I don't know whether to tell it because it's, uh, I don't know, it's slightly uh, overdoing things maybe, but I'll tell it anyway. Uh, I remember quite some time ago, uh, and uh, you may not know this, but I do, uh, although very badly now, uh, play saxophone. I used to be, you, you know what a saxophone is, don't you? Yeah, I used to be reasonable, let's say. <laughs> it's never great, but I was reasonable. Now I'm, I'm just, just not because I've not been practicing. Uh, maybe one day get back into it. Uh, but I remember going to, uh, to what was Ronnie Scott's in, uh, in, in Birmingham, uh, where there was a, a band called King Pleasure and the Biscuit Boys. <laughs> King Pleasure and the Biscuit. Any, anyone heard of them? I mean, yeah, yeah, number of people. Still going, are they? Still going? See, I knew this would go wrong when I started telling this story. <laughs> Uh, but uh, up to that point, I did play saxophone, uh, but didn't really play it, I don't think, to, 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 the, to the full level that, that was possible. And I watched King Pleasure and the Biscuit Boys playing their saxophones and trombones and just absolutely going for it. And the, it was probably King Pleasure himself, I was watching him. And he didn't just blow the saxophone, he absolutely, passionately breathed every part of his lungs into the saxophone and it started to hum. It wasn't a, a normal sound that was coming out of it. It was like his passion was carried through it. Uh, and, and thinking and relating that to what we're going to talk about here with, with, the, with the Holy Spirit, uh, it's almost like you can, you can have the Holy Spirit within you, but it really starts to hum and come alive when we give it breath when we really breathe into it, and it's almost like you have to see it in someone else before you get it for yourself and realise that this is the, the fullness of it. So that was my story about the saxophone, and that changed everything. That night, seeing King Pleasure and the Biscuit Boys and how they blew their saxophones, it just changed it for me. And when I got home, I thought, I'm not just going to blow into this. I'm going to absolutely give every last breath out of my lungs, and it changed the instrument, it really did. Uh, so, for us here talking about the Holy Spirit, more than anything, what I want to get out of this is, when we see it in someone else, someone else who's got it and filled with it, uh, and, and for ourselves, when we give it all we've got, actually, it really starts to live and really starts to hum, if I can use that word, for the Holy Spirit in our lives. Anyway, that's just a, a story that came into my mind. Take it or leave it. We are starting on a, a new series. Uh, and there is a, an excitement for me, for us as a team, uh, for us gathered here. There's an excitement about going into a new series. There's a, a sense of expectation about it that God gets to, to move us and to, and to challenge us and, and put something down, another layer in our faith and in our understanding. And this series is, is called Every Day. Living out the bigger life. And it comes out of the, the flow of the, the first series of the year with, with Moses, where we looked at the, the choice to live a, a bigger, braver, bolder life. And then, and, and this is where something of my desire comes in with it. See, I want to know, I want us to, to know how to live out our faith in the everyday, not just on a, a Sunday where it's reasonably easy, but from Monday to Saturday, where it often gets difficult. The everyday getting up, looking at yourself in the, in the mirror and thinking, wow, here I go again. I don't know. I don't know what your first thing in the morning looks like. But if you're anything like me, you're not at your finest. For example, for me on a, on a Thursday and a Friday, it starts with getting Emily and Jay to, to school on time and 
I don't think I ever realised that the level of focus that that actually requires. I am the, the dad who arrives one second before the bell's about to go with two children that look somewhat shell-shocked to actually be there. And then, and then you get into the day itself with the responsibilities and the, and the pressures. And, and once the, the nine to five is done or whatever your hours cover in your day, you get home and you're into the evening, which again probably isn't feet up in front of the, the TV, but more responsibilities, food to cook, homework to help with, housework to do, bedtime stories to read, family and friends to catch up with, bills to pay, calls to make. And, and my last thing, my last thing is to slice up some, some carrots and, and broccoli and put my little head torch on and go out to the shed to feed the guinea pigs. <laughs> and I'm there, I'm there. And I'm thinking, haven't I got enough responsibilities already without taking on a couple of furry rodents? <laughs> finally, finally, at the close, you go to bed only to wake up eight hours later and do it all again. That is the every day, the routine of it all. And more than anything with this series, what we want to communicate is that our faith should be grounded. It should be, should be lived out in moments, in, in God moments, each day in a, in a practical and a, a life-giving way. Our faith shouldn't be saved up for a Sunday or, or watch like a, a spectator sport on God TV. It's here, it's now, it's us, it's played out, it's lived out in our lives. And these objects over here, what's this all about? These objects, things that we may wear or, or use or measure with or, or walk on or look in or may feel the effects of everyday objects, all very ordinary, each of which connects with one of the talks over the next five weeks as we cover the, the Holy Spirit and community and transformation and prayer and having a, a faith that, that perseveres. And I want us to, to pray now. I want us to pray to give this series over to God, that he would straight off, he would speak to us personally, he'd move us personally, because the thing is, your everyday, your Monday to, to, to Saturday may look very different to mine. So I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray that God would be really present in this, both as a gathered community, as a church, but also individually and personally in our Monday to Saturday. Lord Jesus, you know our lives. You are so interested in our lives, how we live them out. And we, we've all got something of a routine Monday to Saturday. Lord, things that we do, things that we have to do a lot of the time. Lord, I, I pray that you'd set our expectations right with that. That actually, so much of the time, even though it may not feel like it, we are doing your work. We're bringing your kingdom here to earth. And Lord, I pray through this series, Lord, that there be things that get said and phrases that get used that, that personally we'd be able to take hold of them and they'd make a, a real difference in our lives, in our everyday lives. Lord, speak through your word to, to all of us. I pray that in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, this week then, and the, the first talk, and we're, we're looking at the, the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And where I want to 
go with this is to, is to start with the book of Acts and with the, the who, where, why questions of the Holy Spirit. But again, just for explanation, this isn't a, a study of the book of Acts. We're not going through it chapter by chapter. It's more of a, an inspiration, a, a starting point, which, which gets us into what we're going to say. And following that, I want to say something of my own journey with this, which hopefully will cause us to realise that the, the Holy Spirit is for every believer. And from there, there's, there's four, four aspects to the Spirit that I want to open up, all of which are important for living this out and being filled with the Spirit in our everyday. The book of Acts then. Wow, the book of Acts. What a, a read that is, especially when you, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I want to recommend that maybe over the coming weeks, the, uh, the weeks that are in front of us on this series, put yourself in the book of Acts and, and read it through. And I want us to, to get as close. I want us to get as close as we can to the, the action here. I often say this, I want us to, to picture it. I really do think that the, the more that we can educate our imagination and, uh, and use that, the more the, the word of God comes into our lives, into our minds. And we're there. We're almost there as it happens. And we can sense and, and be inspired by God. So I don't mind as long as, as long as it's not actually going to sleep. I don't mind that... When I go through this and you try and picture it, if you did want to close your eyes, then, then feel free to, to do so. It all starts in Acts chapter 1. And just so you can place it in history, that follows close after the, the death of Jesus and the resurrection to life. And the, and the 12 disciples, they're in Jerusalem waiting. And remarkably, the, the risen Jesus is with them in person. In verse 3, it says... After his suffering, he showed himself to these men over a period of, of 40 days and spoke about the, the kingdom of God. And it was, on, it was on one of those occasions that Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the gift that the Father had promised. And the gift that Jesus was, was talking about was the, the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus explained this gift to them, he said, he said, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Witnesses. You will be my witnesses. And that is really important when it comes to the questions of who, where and why. And to start to answer these, for me, for me there's, there's, there's two approaches to this. Where either, either it's all about the, the knowledge, what we understand or it's all about the experience what we can sense but I think that we need both both approaches as Christians I don't believe we're we're just meant to live from our from our hearts without using our our heads to educate and inform us and I don't believe we're just meant to live from from our heads and and not use our hearts and our emotions to to sense and and be moved by God and when it comes to the Holy Spirit, I have to say that I'm still learning here. And there's a point where we say God is God. And we push into, we push into the, the mystery of that. And we have to go. We have to go with what we know. And we have to have the faith to, to believe that we can experience him rather than fully explain him. 
So in talking about the, the Holy Spirit, we say that he is the, the third person of the, the Trinity. But even with that, I may be using a term that is, is new to some of you. The Trinity is a, an expression not used in the Bible, but later used to define the, the relationship. And it means three in one where there is God the Father, God the Son who is Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. They are known in their own rights, but together as one God. That is the, the who question of the Holy Spirit. He is the, the third person of the Trinity. The where question at this point in the book of Acts was Jerusalem. And the why question was because the disciples were going to receive power through the Spirit and become witnesses to the, to the ends of the earth. Then, then after, after the, the waiting, we get into it, an incredible scene. In Acts 2, starting in verse 1, I'm going to read this through to you. And feel free at this point, if you did want to close your eyes and picture it, this may be it. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in, in one place. Suddenly, a, a sound like the blowing of a, of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the, the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that, that separated and came to rest on, on, on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the, as the Spirit enabled them. Incredible. Incredible. I often think, what would that have, have been like? I mean, we, we read it, we, we get familiar with it, but those disciples must have been wide-eyed as the, as the Holy Spirit moved among them and, and filled them. A sound like a, a, a blowing of a, of a violent wind. And that is where our everyday object comes in. Something of a, of a connection with the talk over here with our, with our fan. Looking a little 80s really. And I'm not sure about the sound of a, a violent wind. I don't think it can produce that even on number three. I think it's more of, a, more of a gentle breeze that may just about disturb the air. But you get the point with the fan. You get the point, don't you? That actually you can't see, you can't see the wind that it's blowing out, but it moves things, it changes things, it affects things. Like with the spirit, you can't see the spirit, but it moves things, it changes things, it affects things. And you can be sure, you can be sure that the, the disciples in that moment, that they weren't concerned about explaining what was going on. They were in it. They were experiencing it. And from there, the, the crowds all gathered together. It says there were God-fearing Jews from, from every nation staying in Jerusalem. And when they heard the, the sound, they came together in, in bewilderment. And each one heard them speaking in his own language. It says they were utterly amazed. Something incredibly significant had just happened. God had broken out through his Holy Spirit. And one person, one person cried out, what does this mean? And, and others made fun saying, they've had too much wine. Opinion was split. But Peter, Peter stood up courageously with, with the disciples. He raised his voice and he, he preached. He preached his heart out. And at the finish of what he was saying, the crowd realised the, the significance of what they were hearing and experiencing. And they said, brothers, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It makes for high octane reading and it goes on to say that about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And you want to say, yeah, come on, this is it, let's have that now. (laughs) And maybe we can. Holy Spirit is here. And with that, with that from the the book of Acts, setting the, the bar, our level of expectation really high. I want to say about my journey with this. Church, church is familiar to me. I, I grew up in it. I prayed and asked Jesus into, into my life a, a number of times as, as a child. It wasn't that I'd forgot that I'd done it. I think I just wanted to make sure. And each time the opportunity was, was given, I'd raise my hand and I'd pray the prayer and I, I'd take it. And with the Holy Spirit, he is very present at that point. It's always an act of the the Spirit when someone commits their life to following Jesus because that is what the Spirit does. He reveals Jesus to us, almost as if he removes something from our eyes so that we can meet Jesus in our hearts and and in our minds. And And then having asked Jesus into our lives, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. He gives us the assurance and the confidence that, that we are saved. And I had that. I had that, but later in my teenage years, I stopped going to church and my faith started to to die within me. It was in my early 20s that I went through an experience that that called me back. And it was at that point where I really came alive to the Holy Spirit. I can remember the day, I I can see it now. Sitting on the settee at home, I still call it home, but it was my my parents' house where a, a man named Neil Stevenson had come to pray with me. Neil was a, a remarkable man from this church, someone who, and again, I can't fully explain it, but, but when he walked into a room, something changed. And suddenly everyone became more open to what God was doing. As I talked to, to Neil, he soon realised that I needed to make it personal again, that I needed to pray that prayer one more time to Jesus. But this time, the Holy Spirit wasn't just going to live within me. It was going to fill me and and move me. It was going to give me power to live out this life as a witness to to Jesus. And I prayed and then he prayed. And it was a a start of something that's been increasing ever since. Now when I I talk about it, I know it was. I know it was that release of the fullness of the Holy Spirit in me. And it showed itself. It showed itself itself. That night as I was praying and Neil had said that this might happen. There was a, a new word, a new word forming in my head. And then as I, as I gave it breath, it formed in my mouth and I, I spoke it out. We read about it in Acts 2 where there was a, a different tongue. Unfamiliar words to me, but to God. To God they were prayers. And somehow they encouraged and energised me. And more and more came, more and more words, until there was a, a flow over time of, of praying in tongues. And then there was a new passion, a passion for, for reading the, the Bible, not just knowing what it said, but, but really living it out. Getting hold of, of those words so that they shaped and they formed my life. It became the, the living words in me. And there were other books 
other books that I read, ones that followed the, the lives of Christians who were, who were filled with the Spirit. One of these books was, was the Wigglesworth Standard for God's End Time Army. <laughs> they don't write them like that anymore. <laughs> Fantastic read. It was based on the life of Smith Wigglesworth, who was an incredible and somewhat unconventional preacher who got to see the deaf hearing and cancers cured and legs and feet creatively formed and people raised from the dead. And again, it set the bar really high. And that desire, that desire to to pray for more, to believe for more, to see God breaking out has been with me ever since. And this, this fullness of the Spirit It's for all believers if we pursue it. And I want to talk about what that looks like now. Because since then I have learned some things. And I want to open these up. Because I think that something in what I say next may really connect with where each of us is at individually. With living this out and, and being filled with the Spirit in our everyday now, there's, there's four, four aspects to this that I want to talk about here. Firstly, with the, the gifts and the, the fruits of the Spirit. Secondly, with, with what I'm calling intimately interested. Thirdly, with being blown by the wind. And fourthly and finally, where, where are we going to finish and, and respond with what is called the most excellent way? Firstly, then, with the gifts and the, the fruits of the spirit later in the in the new testament in 1 corinthians 12 the the apostle paul is writing and he he writes about the gifts of the spirit and then in galatians 5 he he writes about the fruit of the spirit and both are really important for us as we continue in our faith with the gifts he he gives us a, a list he talks of a holy spirit inspired wisdom and and knowledge Then there is faith and and gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. It's an impressive list. And I know some of us will be familiar with this, whereas for others it will be new, possibly even sounding strange. But the bottom line for me, the bottom line, because there isn't time to explain each of these, is that the Holy Spirit within us It's God's power to impact our lives and the lives of others. Where through obedience and and prayer, we connect with him. We connect with the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. We can actually connect with him and he can do remarkable things through us. And I know, I know that if I pray and desire more and I say, God, through your spirit, I need some wisdom, some, some knowledge here beyond what I ordinarily would know, then a thought or a, a word may come and a, a new direction forms. And I know that if I pray and desire more, then I'm moved in talking to someone and I say sensitively to them, do you want me to, do you want me to pray for you? Maybe even ask God that he would heal that illness that you've just told me about. And I know that if I pray and desire more and then get into that flow of praying in tongues, I'm encouraged, I'm energised. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, he gives us gifts as we wait on him. And they are gifts that release the power to live out this Christian life. 
And what is important with these gifts is to have safe and experienced Christians around you. We're not meant to be lone rangers with these gifts, but to be accountable to one another and to leaders. And we offer that as a church in our small groups, a place where that can happen. They meet in homes, they're called life groups, where you have that opportunity to use and develop the the gifts of the Spirit in in a safe place. At the welcome area at the back there, we've got a a life group brochure. And if you're not in a group, really recommend that. Get with other Christians. Learn and experience more of the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And then we get to the fruit of the Spirit. And another list, which may not sound as impressive, but I want to argue for it. And in fact, this fruit, this fruit will have the most lasting effect in our lives and in the lives of others. Paul writes that the the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And when it comes to the evidence of the Holy Spirit, more than anything, it is the fruit of the Spirit that I look for. Believers who are being transformed and showing more and more of the the characteristics of of Jesus. More joy, more faithfulness, more self-control. Now, keeping that in mind, keeping that in mind with the the gifts, those Holy Spirit-inspired abilities that increase within us as we desire more of God. And that fruit, that, that transformation that is happening within us where the characteristics of Jesus are, are showing up in our lives. Keeping that in mind, I want to ask a question. And this is for all of us, me as well. Because as I was praying and, and sensing God in this, this is what challenged me the most. And I think it's the most important thing that I'm going to say here. These questions. Is the Holy Spirit interested in how I talk to people? Is the Holy Spirit interested in how I parent my children? Is the Holy Spirit interested in how I drive my car? Is the Holy Spirit interested in what I watch on TV or my use of Facebook? Is the Holy Spirit interested when I'm feeling angry about something or or someone? Does he care how I deal with that? And I want to suggest that the answer to all of these is yes. Yes, the Holy Spirit is interested, intimately interested in every aspect of our lives. Not though, not though in a, in a convicting, beat myself up about it type of way. Although there are moments where that is exactly what I need. But more often in a, in a personal, in an increasing way. And it's when we realise that the Holy Spirit is intimately interested in us. That through the work of the Spirit, we become all that Jesus wants us to be. In Ephesians 4, Paul talks about grieving or disappointing the Holy Spirit. And it seems that the Spirit is emotional. Now that's hard to, to understand. But when it comes to being interested in every aspect of, of, of my life, of our lives. It means that he's with us. He is affected. When I'm talking or parenting or driving or flicking through the channels on the TV, when I'm dealing with my emotions, even when I'm out in the dark feeding the guinea pigs last thing at night, 
He is present. And I could be talking with him. And where we can sometimes go wrong with this is to see the Holy Spirit too much like an energy, to see it like a force with our personality or identity. Something that we can switch on and off and maybe on a Sunday. But the Holy Spirit is personal. He is with us Monday to Saturday and on a Sunday. No more, no less. He is fully present. Now I don't know. I don't know whether this third aspect is just an excuse to justify my behaviour or whether there's something more in it. See, I have this reputation here on staff for, for just walking around. It isn't that I don't have a desk. I do in the week to work at. But I also like to, to be on my feet. I like to be spontaneous Meeting people, having conversations, not to be so focused on deadlines that I may miss something that God's already doing. In John 3, verse 8, and this releases me. In John 3, verse 8, it says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everybody born of the Spirit. When I'm walking around, (laughs) it may just be that the wind is blowing and the spirit is moving. Like with the fan, like our everyday object over there. And for me, that mystery to the spirit's activity is really exciting. And I'm sure that we can increase our sensitivity to that. But often it requires us to be on our feet, to be somewhere or say something that may be out of the ordinary. You know your workplace. Don't get fired as a result of this. You know the the sensitivities. (laughs) But let's not become, let's not become so routine, so predictable in our lives, so set in our ways that we can't sense the air moving around us and allow the spirit to blow like the wind. And I know that we, we talk and we, we pray about God being fully present with us. But for me, the, the question is, are we fully present? Are we listening and sensing? Are we alert to, to what God may already be doing? Or am I rushing through my day without giving him a, a second thought? Often, often we've got to make the first move. And if we can do that, then... We as ordinary people, we are able to do extraordinary things. The Holy Spirit isn't an extra to this life of faith. It's a necessity. But he doesn't shout above the noise. We've got to quieten down and be listening as if for the wind. One simple exercise that we've thought of just to get us going with this is called the, the everyday challenge. You can see it at the centre of your, your notes there. This week, it says this, first thing every morning this week, pray that you would have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. It may be something that you already do, but for others, it's something to hold yourself to. First thing, when you wake up, pray for that fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then in the, in the life groups, we're going to be talking about that. What difference that simple exercise has made in our lives. What new opportunities, what new sensitivity we've gained as a result. But it's for everybody. And now, finally, finally, I want to show you the most 
excellent way. At least that's what Paul called it in 1 Corinthians 13. Having raised the the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, he goes on to explain what it should look like as we live it out in our everyday lives. And we read it at at weddings, 1 Corinthians 13, and I I get that. But that is almost to, to limit it. What is one of the most incredible runs of God's word to us that we will ever hear? And although we often don't read it at this length, I want us to hear it as we finish, as our response, to allow these words to to blow through us, like the spirit, like that air that we breathe, so that we can see the pictures that it creates, these words. For me, 1 Corinthians 13, this is the great leveller. I hear this and I think, oh no, the show's over, (laughs) because it strips back, it strips back all the outward signs. And reveals the Spirit's work on the inside. So I'm going to read through these words. I'm going to pray first. I want us to be open. Open to sensing the Spirit. Speaking through these words into our lives. If Lee and the team, if you want to come back. I think it would be good if we stood for this. Just stood to hear this read through. These words from God into our lives. And then we're going to open it up for for further prayer and response. So let's close our eyes. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you're here with us by your spirit. And Lord, this is your word to us, your living word. And Lord, I pray as I I read it through, Lord God, we would be centered on you, Jesus, sensing you. Lord God, you'd move us individually by, by what you want to speak into our lives and these words create pictures and they cause us to reflect as well on things that we've lived through last week, last month Lord things that we've lived through and we're holding on to either for healthy reasons or unhealthy reasons Lord your word exposes all of that so God speak through this if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love I am nothing if I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, 
what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I taught like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Lord Jesus, move us with those words. Lord, you know what they mean to each of us. You know where you're encouraging us or challenging us, even convicting us, Lord Jesus. There's more that you're doing than than I could ever know. Lord, may we live in those words for for some time longer. Lord, as we sing, as we open ourselves to what the Spirit is doing. Lord Jesus. Just going to create some time now. We are going to sing and feel released in that, in singing and, and still moving with what you're sensing of God. We've also got a ministry team as well and normally we're very focused in the response. With this, I'm not so focused. I've covered a a number of different aspects of of the Spirit from from that first commitment and and praying that prayer and asking Jesus into your life. And it may be you're here and you're feeling compelled that that's something that you want to do, then no one will really be watching. Feel free to, to move to the front and just ask one of the ministry team to pray with you and lead you through that. To my own journey with this where having made that commitment and just being at a certain level with the, with the Holy Spirit, actually there was so much more and that was released in me as someone prayed for me. And again, you could feel that there's so much more that, that God wants to do through His Spirit in your life and say that to, to one of the ministry team and they'll pray for that fullness of the Holy Spirit. To, to read in there with 1 Corinthians 13 and love, the most excellent way. And we can all hold our hands up and say, oh, I could have been more loving in that situation. And sometimes we're able to deal with that with God and it's gone. Other times it just gets a grip on us and we need releasing from that moment. We need that forgiveness. We need that love to increase within us. And again, just mention that to one of the ministry team and they'll pray for you with that. So we're going to sing. We're going to respond. Feel free to move to the front. And it would be great to be able to pray with you.